Have you ever wanted to raise your hand and ask a question during the Sunday morning sermon? Are you looking for a place where you can find real hope? Join us on the Real Life Living in the Here and Now podcast as we tackle life's most unwelcome questions and learn to live free and real. Each week we will take on a subject that cuts through the hype and deals with the hurt and brokenness everyone has but doesn't know where to begin. And now let's join Joe and Jeremy as they get real with themselves, with God, and with you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Real Life, Living in the Here and Now. I am Joe Farmer. I'm your host. And with me today is my good friend, Scotty Sumner. Scotty is a children's ministry ambassador for the Elgin Foundation. Scotty, thanks for coming in on the program, brother. Thanks for having me here today, Joe. I'm excited to... uh spend this little bit of time with you and especially with the subject matter we're going to be talking about it's something that's become very near and dear to my heart and very exciting for me and uh, i found it be exciting to several others also so uh, i'm really looking forward to uh, spending a few minutes with you today yeah thanks for coming on man and you know one of the things we want to do here on the podcast is you know of course we we tackle some some tough issues things maybe people aren't comfortable talking about but we also want to give people some very practical things they can do uh, that they can get involved in and one of those things we want to talk about today that um, Scotty I just think is very important in in the day and time we live in and that's called Bible release time Uh, if you wouldn't mind could you just take a a minute and tell us what Bible release time is okay it's basically exactly what it says it is it's uh, where students uh, in public school can be released from school during school hours for religious instruction. And uh, so that's simply what it is. Uh, it, it goes back a long time in our history, really, in America. A lot of people don't realize that, but uh, Bible release time has been around since the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. And um, if you can give you a little bit of history on that, I'd be, be glad to do so. Sure, yes, um, Absolutely. Uh, actually, it, the, the the first records we have of it even being discussed is in 1905 in New York City with the public school system. And uh, there was a lot of uh, talk at a convention about uh, children being uh, afforded religious instruction during their the school hours and part of their uh, education experience. And uh, But the first uh, records then we have of it actually taking place was in 1914 in Gary, Indiana. And it was a school uh, district superintendent who uh, uh, set aside every Friday during the school year for a, a, a Bible release day or religious release day where any student that wanted to would be released from school for the entire day on a Friday every week and would go back to their, to, to their home church, to, uh, to their parish or wherever it may be, uh, and... Uh, receive religious instruction. That was actually a part of their educational experience. So it began in 1914 in Gary, Indiana, and from that, it, and there, there were 600 students that participated in it the very first year. Right. And then from, from that, it began just to spread. And it began to spread across America. People began to get on board with it. Uh, and by 1950, there was over 2 million students in America that were uh, participating in a release time, 
uh, program. Well, now we call it Bible release time because right. that's what we teach, and it's mm-hmm. and, and from the Christian faith. But actually, it's open for all faiths. It is. So it's it's basically just called release time. But in in our context of what we do, it is Bible release time. So that's that's what I'll probably refer to it as mostly in our talking exactly. Bible release time. But right. but it is a broader spectrum than that. It is. But as, as as often happens, Scotty, Christians lead the way with those things, right? Because we're evangelistic in nature, and and we want to reach out and, and fulfill the great commission that Jesus gave us to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And you know, in actually 1952, the Supreme Court ruling uh, Zorak versus Clawson, and then subsequent state laws permits the release of students during the school day. So it's been upheld. It's a yeah. long-standing tradition in America. Oh yeah, which you know. The, the there's there's a side of our country that's done a very good job of kind of rewriting history in America. People say, "Well, separation of church and state." Well, there's no such thing as separation of church and state. Right. There, there, mm-hmm. it's not in the Constitution. Right. Uh, and if you look back in our history, the exact opposite thing is true of our country. Our first Continental Congress commissioned the writing of a Bible right. and the publishing of a Bible. Yeah. They bought Bibles, so. Yeah. Um, Bible release time is a is a great tool. It's a legal way for yeah. us to be able to reach out to people that you know that need to hear yeah. the goodness of God. Yeah, exactly. And uh, you referenced the 1952 Supreme Court uh, ruling, and uh, that that really set the standard or the criteria for us to go by today. Now, up until that time, as I said, there was around two million students in America that were participating. There was over 2,200 communities that were involved with Bible release times. And so uh, what the Supreme Court did, they uh, basically ruled, and it's a very interesting ruling to read, uh, that a a parent should have some input into their children's education as a part of their formal education. So they uh, allowed uh, Bible release time or release time to take place and then there's three criteria they put with that then. Mm-hmm. And uh, one is it must be by parental request. It, it's not something a school can mandate for a child to participate in. It must be a parent's request. So written permission written, from a parent. Written permission right. from a parent. It also must take place off school property. It cannot be on government grounds or school property. So they so that's the reason it's, they're released from school to leave the, the school grounds at that at, at the time that they do that. And then the third thing is no school funding can be used uh, to support that. So as long as those three uh, guidelines are met, uh, parental request, off-school property, no school funding, uh, it can be done. Now, what happened with that, though, when that ruling was made, that was great that you could carry on and do Bible release time, but up until that time, you know, it was being done to a large degree, uh, in schools, classrooms, teachers teaching it, schools providing materials and things of that nature. Right. So all that had to stop. Right. So when that did, it almost died out yeah. because there was no organized uh, way of doing it. There was no funding for it. Uh, you know, it, so it was just a nightmare of, of pulling it off after that. So it, it began to dwindle down until oh the, the early '60s. Uh, organizations such as Elgin, the one that I work for, began to step up to the plate and 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 start organizing in in, in communities, helping fund it in communities, and and start made start making it practical then for it to take place again. So when you you said something very very interesting there a while ago, uh, Scotty, you said that um, you know 
Supreme Court rule that, you know, parents have a right, um, you know, in their, their kids' education. And I, I think people need to hear that out there today. For some reason, uh, the day and time we live in, it's like people look to government for everything. Yeah. They look to government like almost like God. Yeah. You know, and uh, they look to government to, um, you know, listen, You th- those are your kids. Right. You know, you you decide when, uh, everything in their life, where they yeah. go to school, what their education is, what their, their background is. You need to take uh, ownership of that, and you need to take uh, a place in your public school or in your private school or wherever it is that your kids go, and you need to be involved, and you need to have a voice in their education. If you look in the, the, the founding of our country, for example, the, the New England Primer, if you've seen that, you know, kids learn right. the ABCs uh, by using Scripture. A is for Adam, you know, right. and, and I've mm-hmm. got a copy of that at home. Yeah. Of course, not original. Yeah. Uh, I've got a reprint of, of that. Right. But mm-hmm. um, we have a very godly heritage. But in the 60s, also around the same time, people started teaching history from a, uh economic perspective rather than a religious freedom perspective which is why our, our, our country was founded in the first place right mm-hmm. everybody's heard no taxation without representation but if, if you've ever read the declaration of independence that is about 17th on their list of grievances yeah there were 16 other things far more important to our founders than no taxation without representation. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so many other things. And and one of the, the main things is religious freedom. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you know what? A lot of people don't understand that we have a lot more rights, especially with our children and our own families and ourselves, than we realize we do. We've just sort of bought the... The, the the what's propagated so much is that well we've got to turn them over to the government to teach we've got to, well, there's nothing we can do about that there's very little we can do or say about it you know as as it's grown in our area here with, with the leadership of Elgin you know I, I hear almost consistently you know I can't believe the school's letting you all do that well it's not about the school letting us do that that's a right parents have we just that's didn't right. know about it I didn't know about it till five years ago I didn't right. I'd never heard of Bible release time didn't know what it was. You know, and and then once we we I figured it out and I was taught what it what it what it is. Um, that's a legal right we have. Most people just don't know. It. Schools don't know it. I mean, everywhere we go, uh, the you know the the superintendent will turn it over to their uh, legal counsel, and they're thinking there's no way we can allow this. There's no way we can participate in this. We're just we're just not going to do it. And their legal counsel every time comes back and says it's legal for them to do this. So, you know, we can't stop it. If a parent requests it, we cannot stop it. You know, yeah, we got right. to accommodate it. And that's what the Supreme Court was saying. That and now they turned over to the states for the states to figure out each state with exactly how it's going to be organized and how they'll how they'll carry it out to practice within those each individual state. So there's some nuances with each state. But but every state in America can have release time, Bible release time. Amen. Well, Scott, let me let me take a minute and ask you. Uh, you know, I've known you for quite a while. You've pastored. Uh, you were a chaplain in a prison for years, and you've done a lot of things like that. Uh, <clears throat> why are you? What led you to be involved with with children? And and I, I and honestly, I think it's probably the most neglected thing that we do as a church. Is 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 our children and how yeah. we're instructing our children? So, how does a guy like you? How do you get involved in becoming a children's ministry ambassador? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, you know, I, I, I'll tell people I've been in ministry for thirty-seven years, and uh, I'll tell people that I'm a 
uh, a jack of all ministries and a master of none, you know, and I have done. I've, I've, I've planted a church. I've pastored churches. Uh, ha, uh, uh, my wife and I uh, started, founded, and, and, and organized, ran a rescue mission for 10 years, uh, working with recovery and addicts and things of that nature. But I'm also a retired chaplain with the Federal Bureau of Prisons. So, you know, I've done a lot of different ministries. And, uh, you know, one thing that my wife and I have always talked about throughout this, they've never been children-specific. Now, I've always been, I think, a very child-friendly kind of a person. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'm goofy, and I can get along with kids and really seem to connect with kids. And I've always loved kids, but I've never been specifically ministering to children. Well, I retired from the federal prison in, uh, in Lexington in 2014, uh, actually the first 2015. And it just so happened that Elgin uh, had just started these children ministry ambassador positions. And one of the counties Elgin was working in, they had 10 original counties they were working in. One of them was Clay County here in my, my home county. I was living up in Clark County, Kentucky at the time. And so when I retired, my wife, being from Clay County, was really wanting to come back to Clay County. So we were uh, really praying about moving back to Clay County, not sure what ministry we would do. I'm a retired chaplain now. I thought, well, I'll, I'll do preaching ministry or whatever. And uh, But I, uh, the... Executive director uh, told me about this position and said, I could really use you being familiar with the area uh, coming and help us. Now, El now Elgin is a, a child-specific geared organization yeah. and has been around for several years working uh, in uh, the school, basically in the school systems with dental care, helping children get dental care, uh, helping with education in, uh, in, in the school system. And uh, the, 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 the founder... Mr. Thompson, uh, he, he was talking to the director one day and just said, you know, uh, we've been working with children with uh, dental care. We've been working with children with reading and education. He said, but if a child, if we help get their teeth fixed, we help them graduate from college, but they die without Jesus Christ and go to hell, what have we really accomplished? Amen. So that's when uh, he, he wanted to start these positions that now is called the Children's Ministry Ambassador, first called a missionary, and they changed it to that then. And uh, so they just approached me about it. You know, they, uh, they knew I was moving back to Clay County. They uh, thought me being familiar with people here. So if you can just help get us started. I mean, the director said if, if, if you'll just work a year and help us get, you know, established in the county with the churches and in, in, in doing children's ministry. So I basically just took it on as that. Now, throughout my ministry, my wife and I had always – said and and noticed because we worked a lot with 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 people in incarceration we've worked worked a lot with drug addicts and and the people that are really hurt the most and left out the most through all that journey are the children yeah amen. and are they're forgotten about they're neglected and their parents experience actually makes life that much harder on the kids so we'd always talked about man you know we need to do something for children now, we're getting up in years now. We didn't start out with that, but we've learned that over the years. And so this just sort of opened up for that. And, and be honest with you, when I started in 2015, I wasn't sure that I was going to stick with it a long, long time because I never had really done just children-specific ministry, but I've fallen in love with it. Yeah. And especially the Bible release uh, program. I, I, I've told many pastors this, out of all the different ministries I've done, uh, uh, prison chaplaincy, uh, church planting, church pastoring, uh, recovery ministry. 
I don't think I've ever done anything with any more eternal significance than what I'm doing mm-hmm. right now with these kids and with the Bible release time. Yeah. So that's sort of, in a nutshell, how I got to where I am today with it. Well, you know, Scotty, um, most studies that I've, I've seen say that 80% of people that make a decision for Christ do so before the age of 13. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, m- myself, uh, Tracy and I probably um, – 10 or 12 years ago, we decided that, you know, and I've, I've done everything, too. We decided we were going to change our focus to children because, you know, right. I, I worked in the recovery community. Yeah. And, and you know, it's if you can prevent, you know, yeah. if you can be there to intercept a child yeah. before these things happen, you have a much greater uh, opportunity to uh, impact their life than you do if you wait until – uh, you know, a, a, someone's already, you know, in their addiction or yeah. already going down that path of, of wherever that they're going. Um, but I, I love, tell us a little bit about Scotty. Um, you know, we do things, people look, uh, people come around to Clay County all the time and say, how in the world do y'all do this or how do you do that? But, you know, you'll be amazed at what you can do if you'll just work together. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, if you would just love each other and you'll just work together, you'll be amazed at what you can do. Um, so we kind of created a model here of how to do Bible release time. Can you take just a minute and tell us uh, how you do that? How do you do Bible release time in the schools? Okay. Well, let me give you just a little bit of history how we got started here in, in Clay County with it. Of course, uh, the position that I'm in and, 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 and this position with Elgin is it's, it's basically to mobilize churches to minister to children, especially the, the poorest and most needy children among us. So that, that's Elgin's heart and Elgin's vision. And, and so this position is to help mobilize churches in being able to do that maybe better than what they're doing and maybe some churches not even ministering at all. Mr. Thompson saw that, that there are church buildings. Our area is flooded with church buildings. You go up every hollow around yeah. here on every street corner, everywhere you go, you're going to see a church building of some kind. And he said, you know, these buildings, for the most part, said empty all week long. You know, maybe use a few hours a week, and that's it. And they're already, you know, stationed in places where these kids live. If we could just help mobilize the churches. So that was the mission that we started with, was, was just trying to mobilize churches. So I came down. I just started meeting pastors. A lot of them I already knew. I've, I've preached in a lot of churches in Clay Counties. So I already had an in with a lot of church people, a lot of pastors, and I just started meeting and talking with, talking about their children's ministry and, and, and trying to connect with them and see, oh, is there any way that I can come along beside you and, and, and help you? Is there any need you have that, uh, that uh, we can join you up with Elgin in mobilizing you to do more in what you're doing with children? And we found that the Bible release program uh, has been a perfect fit in, in, in mobilizing churches to reach children and also connecting churches then with schools. And, and, and I didn't realize that, but I've just seen a, a very beautiful thing take place Amen. where a church may adopt a school and that school really almost will adopt that church or allow that church to adopt them and just a beautiful partnership between schools and churches. And what surprised me, Joe, is a lot of principals have been lo- and even superintendents have been longing for this to take place. They've been they've been trying to dream up ways they can connect with the community, right. and and get the community in to serving lo- along beside them in the school. So we've seen that take place in in a very beautiful way. So it's really just connecting, connecting the dots, connecting churches with churches, churches with children, churches with schools, 
and uh, doing it like that. Well, and, and again, that brings up the, the misconceptions of you know of us being involved in our kids' education, us being involved in in what's going on in our public schools. You know, we just assume those things, Scotty. That right. they don't want us around, and in a lot of aspects, I think maybe they have, and 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 that relationship needs repaired. Right. Um, but you know, you need to get involved in, in your child's school and in, in your community, and it needs to be a partnership. Right. You know, that's not something just they do. You right. Know, you have to be involved in your your kids' education in every part of their life. Um, so, Scotty, what you guys have done, you've went around to churches close to these schools and where it's like less than a five-minute drive, right. and they can go there for an hour. Y'all do it once a month. Uh, the ruling yeah. actually says you can do it uh, an hour a week. Right. Y'all do it once a month, yeah. and, and it's worked fantastic. Right, right, yeah. So that, that's exactly what we've done. And, uh, and, and, and we've seen churches that have gone from just the Bible release to doing other ministry, other volunteer work within the school setting, helping the schools paint, you know, have paint projects, helping the schools clean up, uh, going in doing uh, uh, other studies and things like that, teachings and trainings with the kids on bullying and stuff like that. So well, we've seen people, when they've made that connection and saw that the schools really welcome us and, and we're doing a good job with that, that uh, it, it, it's opened up that avenue for, for people to come in and to participate in the education of their children. If somebody wants to get involved in Bible release time, uh, Scotty, uh, what do they need to do? How do they, how do they contact somebody or, or what, what would you suggest they do? Well, if locally here, I, I would suggest for them just contact me, Scotty Sumner. My telephone number is 606-813-9354. Just give me a call in the Clay County area. And I actually, the Clay County, Laurel County, Jackson County, Owsley County, all the surrounding counties of Clay County, I'm sort of overseeing those with the Elgin Foundation. And uh, just give me a call, and I'd be glad to I'd be glad to hook someone up. And Amen. because we can always use more volunteers. Oh, and, absolutely! The harvest is great. Exactly. But, and, exactly. And you know, Elgin is also in, in Tennessee and Virginia, and in some of those counties. So, right. Uh, you know, doing a great work. Well, Scott, I really appreciate you coming on today uh, to real life living in the here and now. I want to encourage everybody to tune back into our next episode. And until next time. Just keep it real. Thank you for joining the Real Life Podcast. You can subscribe to our program anywhere podcasts are available. Stay up to date by subscribing to our show. Join us next week as we tackle real life together.